It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Bears Nation Podcast. Powered by ONTAP Sports Network. It's the Bears Nation Podcast. Americans love a winner. Tab, this one is extra special. Tab back back is extra special too. Looking to stack it on more. Here's your hosts, Kevin Lapka. That's the kind of winning attitude that's going to take this enterprise straight to the top. And Jay Kassan. Lose! I don't lose! I win! That's what I do! It's Bears Nation, baby. Let's go. All right, welcome in Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, December 27th, and we got a 241 special today. Myself and Kevin Lapko will be not only recapping what we saw from the Bears on Christmas Eve against the Cardinals, but we also spin it forward to this weekend's upcoming game against the Atlanta Falcons. And so since we have a lot to do today, we'll just get right into it. I mean, the Bears win another game. They get to 6-9. and nine. They are still firmly within the top 10 of the draft with their own pick. The Carolina Panthers hang on to lose against the Green Bay Packers, so they still own the number one pick, which will, of course, be going to the Bears thanks to last year's trade of the number one overall pick that landed you this upcoming pick and also a guy named DJ Moore. Uh, but... It started again, uh, a very, I don't want to say controversial game in that the quarterback performance was fine. You won, and there's a lot of context that needs to be added as specifically and most importantly that DJ Moore gets hurt on the first play of the game and is then basically ineffective for the rest of the game. He heats up the ankle, goes to the blue medical tent, gets it wrapped, comes back into the game, but has a couple of catches. It's clearly not the same, clearly not running the same, clearly not cutting the same. And then Cole Komet has an awesome game regardless in the first quarter um, Justin Fields, a bomb to Cole Komet, a couple of great catches by Komet, your tight end, and then he gets hurt. He also loses, the, uh, leaves the game. Excuse me. So then Justin Fields is basically left with a hodgepodge of Robert Tunyon and Tyler Scott and Valus Jones Jr. and Darnell Mooney and the running backs. And the Bears rely on the running game a lot. The rest of the way, uh, Justin Fields has a decent day rushing as well. And thankfully for the Bears, the Cardinals, I mean, I don't know if it's thankfully, but the Cardinals are such a bad team that you win the game anyway. There was a minute where you kind of felt like the Bears were about to blow another lead in the fourth quarter, and we were all going to be very upset. Uh, but they hang on to win. They win 27-16. to 16. Uh, Justin Fields' final line, 15 for 27, 170 yards, one touchdown, one interception, as well as 97 yards and another touchdown on the ground, including a 39-yard run, which was absolutely electric. Uh, one thing that I do want to talk about, Kevin, 
The interception, it was bad. It was a bad interception. It was not a good throw. It was not a good uh, process by Justin Fields. But you win the game. I know there are a lot of people saying that, well, it was the Cardinals, and you shouldn't have needed DJ Moore and Cole Komet that badly to put up a big stat line against them. And on one hand, I do kind of agree with that. It is the Cardinals. You should have been able to dice them up regardless. On the other hand, it's Valus Jones Jr. and the corpse of Darnell Mooney and rookie Tyler Scott. So... I'm still very firmly in the I could go either way on what the Bears should do with the quarterback position, but I feel like you really didn't learn anything uh, from Sunday's game. feel like you were on track to have a great Justin Fields game. I mean, the Cole Komet connection early, I mean, of Justin Fields' 170 passing yards, 107 of them were to Cole Komet, and 53 of them were on one pass to Cole Komet. So I'm still firmly on both sides of the argument. I'll go either way. But what about you, your takeaways from Sunday's win over the Cardinals? I know you always have been, always will be firm, Justin oh, Fields supporter, numero uno, but what did you think coming away from that game? Yeah, I mean, in the game as a whole, isn't it funny how we as fans and evaluators have already moved the needle to the point where it's not just a win is a win for this team and we're happy with that. The expectation is higher now, and it's already changed because you win that game by 11 points, that's a good margin. You covered the spread. You doubled what you were supposed to beat them by, which was, I think, four and a half. And everyone walks away from it like, oh, it feels like a loss. And I understand why people see it that way, but it's just funny how we've already moved the needle. We've already changed the narrative about how this team is supposed to perform on a week-to-week basis to the point where we know, and yes, part of it was the game flow, and you had the potential to blow that team out because you're up 21-0. to zero, But in general... You have built up this higher standard for this team now. And we've we've had it that way for the entire year. But a majority of the fan base, and especially the way the beginning of the year went, like you got to a point after your own four where like, let's just win a game. I don't care if it's by one or 50. I don't care if it's against a three and eleven team or eleven and three team. Let's get a win. You walk away now knowing that the standard for this team is higher. And I think that's a significant realization because I think a lot of people realize this team is ready to win at a high rate against good teams and start blowing out the bad teams and doing the things that consistent playoff teams do. So that was realization number one for me. And number two, when it comes to Justin Fields, like I understand what people are talking about after this game. Like, oh, it was the uh, quintessential Justin Fields game where he had a couple big plays, a huge run, some spectacular, phenomenal plays right? Uh, And then he had a backpacking mistake in the fourth quarter. And you're right. Like, it was kind of the quintessential Justin Fields game, and I don't know what he was seeing in the interception. I had to go back and watch the tape and try to figure out why he made that play in that moment, because they they had an opportunity to, like, literally go down the field there and, like, end the narrative about, you know, fourth quarter turnovers. Like, he hasn't turned the ball over the past couple weeks. He's been pretty good. It wasn't his fault against the Browns. It was more of turtling by the coaching staff. He had the chance to say, hey, maybe I'm over this. Go down the field, put the nail in the coffin on the touchdown. But the thing that frustrated me most was after he made that mistake, Luke Getze in the offense, the following drive showed they couldn't trust him again. So the following drive, they get to third and one. And what do they do on third and one? Direct snap to Roshan Johnson. Three and out, you you kick the ball away, and you look like you might lose the football game. At the, and I tweeted, I said, inexcusable. I said, they deserve to lose after that moment. And I think that's the frustrating thing, is Justin Fields is a really good player at not letting mistakes compound, 
not letting them get the best of him. Wipe it away, flush it away. I don't think the coaching staff sees it that way. The coaching staff says, hey, you make a mistake, right? If you make that one back-and-breaking mistake, guess what? We're not even going to allow you to make it again. We're going to run the ball three times. We're going to take the ball out of your hands on third and one. Do you watch the Philadelphia Eagles? Do you know how big Justin Fields is? Do you know watch the Baltimore Ravens? It's a go-to play for Justin Fields, and they run a direct snap to Roshan Johnson. That frustrated the hell out of me. They took the ball out of his hands, but it doesn't absolve Fields of the mistake he made in the previous drive. He shouldn't have thrown that ball. That shouldn't have been an interception. He had a real chance. Excuse me. He had a real chance to, to, to kind of quiet some nerves about his performance in the fourth quarter. So, like, it's hard for me to, like, teeter either way after this game about Justin Fields. Like, obviously, people know my stance on him, and his, and his game on Sunday isn't going to change that, right? Like, that's that – and I don't think it should. Um, I think it's more about, like, this year in general – and watching like the Chiefs and watching the quarterback play around the NFL this year, is it not an affirmation of like what we already know about the evaluation of Justin Fields? About like you need the right system, you need the right, you know, players around you. And if you don't have those things almost perfect, odds are it's not gonna look good. Like Justin Fields is playing at the same level as Patrick Mahomes right now. And <laughs> Patrick Holmes is being coached by the guy that coached Justin Fields his first year, right? Like we are ignoring, ignoring a lot of the consistencies around the league right now, at least with system players around them and the performance of the quarterback. Look what's happening in Jacksonville, right? Look what's happening in a lot of other places around the league right now. Look what was happening in Buffalo before they fired Ken Dorsey. Like these things are real, Jake. And I just think it's naive to not acknowledge that when you are talking about Justin Fields in relation to other quarterbacks around the NFL. So I agree with that. I will say that because here, here's the thing. The clock has been and continues to tick on Justin Fields. Yet Wait, coming, but Jake, Jake, why, why does the clock have to tick? Like this well, is why it, I don't as far, understand. As, well, because, again, it goes back to the same conversation of you're Ryan Poles, you're starting to feel the heat, if you clean house and come in with a new coach, new quarterback, new alignment, it buys you more time. It doesn't matter what we think is right or correct. It's Ryan Poles, how do I extend my career here? And so, the, and the, and even so, coming into the season, it was always evaluation of Justin Fields. This was always evaluation year. And, we, and this is to talk about, and whether that's right or wrong is not for me to say. But the point being that coming, coming into this game, you had three games left to continue to prove that you are ascending, that you're getting better. I'm not saying you're wrong, by the way, about the system and about the players around. You're not wrong whatsoever. You're right. Josh Allen, look what's happened after Ken Dorsey left, has entered the MVP conversation. Look what's happened with Lamar Jackson when his first year with Todd Munkin might win the MVP. But my point being that coming into this game, you're Justin Fields, you had three games left to prove yourself, and you still made, and I'm not saying that this is the end-all, be-all, but one of the biggest criticisms of Justin Fields and why we think that he might not be able to make the jump because this has been a consistent thing is bad throws like that bad interception. And now he seemingly doesn't move on from these. Whether that's the system or not, it like you said, we don't know what he was seeing. There was an opportunity there for you to make this a three-touchdown, zero-interception game, zero-turnover game, and we would have walked away happy as hell. But... I mean, Kevin, even in real time, he made that throw. He made that interception. I was like, what was he going for? 
Like what? I know. What, you I know? know. So and so, my point being, you came into this game with three games left, and you still made a critical error that has been a a uh, criticism of your game for the last three years. And you continue to make those mistakes. I'm not saying that this is my that I'm saying. Oh, because of this, he's got to go. Not saying that at all. But I'm saying that there is sand running out of the proverbial, uh, whatever you want, whatever the hell it's called. So time is running out, is what I'm saying. And now you have two games against a bad defense too, Kevin. This is one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. That's going to be another tick if you're Ryan Poles. Yes. This is going to be another tick if you're Ryan Poles against Justin Fields there and saying, okay, because you're right, right system, right, blah, 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 blah. You're, I'm not saying you're wrong. You're absolutely correct. The downfall of Patrick Mahomes this year has been the epitome of that. I'm not saying you're wrong. But looking at this as if you're Ryan Poles is another tick in the box of why it's going to be appealing to start over coach and quarterback. Not saying that's right. Not saying it's wrong. But – Ryan Poles has to be sitting in his office now saying, all right, like that he he's still doing it after whether he thinks that Luke like whether he thinks that Luke Etsy is wrong for the job or not, it's going to be another reason that it's going to be appealing for like taking talent out of it. Taking talent no. and whether Justin Fields is better than these guys or not, and we're taking out what the players are publicly saying about Justin Fields out of it, it's going to be Ryan Poles' survival instinct. And I think that why though it it, it should this, this is what I don't job. It, it doesn't make any sense though. Like you were looking at this. Okay, we're looking at this so individualistically. Like we are looking at this as if Justin Fields isn't even a member of the team. Like he's just his own individual entity. And, and when it comes to our evaluation of the Chicago Bears, like it, it's just Justin Fields and it's the other fifty-one guys. Let's look at this from a team standpoint. You can say what you want about Justin Fields' progression. Really, the last, let's say, eight weeks since he returned from injury. We'll we'll put that timeline on it. What has the team done since then? Since he's returned from injury, the team has looked like a playoff team. The team has played Mm. like a playoff team. The team has looked like a top 15 team in the NFL, indisputably, as a team, right? And we ever talk about it as a team. So everyone assumes this, Jake. Everyone assumes that the assumption pretty much that people are making is, you have a team that's ready to win. Mm-hmm. If you draft Caleb Williams, your team is better. You are upgrading the team if you draft Caleb Williams. Sure. And there are very, very, very few situations where that where, where rookies make the playoffs and win something significant in the playoffs. There are very few situations where a rookie comes right in and thrives immediately. We've seen it over and over and over again. There are anomalies. It does happen. C.J. Stroud, it's happened, right? There, there's, there's times where it's happened. But watch Trevor Lawrence, quote-unquote, generational progress uh, prospect his rookie year. He wasn't very good until he got the right system and everything in there and the right team around him. And yes, you can say the Bears do have a talented team and do have, are, are probably a better situation for a rookie to walk into but this notion and this idea that that Ryan Poles is extending his life if he drafts a quarterback is just wrong because we know and the Bears should know this is a team that should have made the playoffs this year and boy if they don't make the playoffs next year regardless of the 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 quarterback situation it's a failure so say Ryan Poles drafts Caleb Williams and they have all these guys on contract. They spent all the money. You got guys who are, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, DJ Moore, everybody on the on the team's on a three to four year contract. The expectation next year is you better win the fucking division, and make the playoffs because your team's talented enough to do it. If you draft a quarterback and you don't make the playoffs next year, 
It is a failure. You are fired. You're done if you don't make the playoffs next year after everything that's happened, after the the, the upgrade you've made. Oh, th- that is the standard. And if you argue that's not the standard, that's fucking embarrassing, man. So I don't understand the idea that just because they select a quarterback with number one overall means Ryan Poles is locked in for four years and he has like all his job security. Not oh, saying four. Th- I'm saying two buy- years. Yeah, I-, I think it buys him an extra year because to your point, Oh. To your point, if okay, if you run it back with Justin Fields and you don't make the playoffs, you're definitely fired. Hundo P. You're fired either way if you don't make the playoffs. I, I think I, I don't know because Ryan Pohl's going to be able I mean, to walk no. in because you just said how often do rookies walk into a situation and go to the playoffs, let alone win a playoff game. All right, so, then don't draft the fucking so, rookie. That's so your fault. You, well, draft the rookie. Well, so if you're nine and eight, though, that's a substantial improvement from the last two years. That's more wins than you're likely to oh, than you're likely to have. Year? Right. If you go nine and eight with oh. a rookie quarterback, Failure. then you're Ryan Poles and Failure. you say, Hey, first year over five hundred finally. All, nearly, if not more, wins this season with a rookie. And then in the previous two years combined, now we can go to the playoffs next year. Now we're ready. That ex and unless you know, even if you miss the playoffs and you're right. But if you run back Justin Fields and you go nine and eight, you're definitely fired. So, and I'm not saying that it's right or that's what they should do. Again, I could go either way, but I'm just saying that if you're Ryan Poles and you do not, if you go nine and eight or even eight and nine with a rookie, you're able to walk into Kevin Warren's office and say, hey, we improved. We got better. Now we're Why ready. Are you now we go. The standard for this team. You watched this team the last eight weeks. You've seen what this team can do. You know this team has the talent. Before, I'm not, before well, I'm not lowering the standard. I'm saying, I'm saying, yes, if you, you're, I'm saying, you're saying you're content with nine and eight. I'm saying year. if that's you, a, I'm saying if you do that. I didn't say I was content with that. I'm saying if you're Ryan Poles and that's what happens, you have the argument for another year of your job. If you run back Justin Fields and you go nine and eight, you're fired. So. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm content with it. I agree with you. The the pieces around this team, the defense and specifically are playoff caliber. But if you are Ryan Poles and you think that Justin Fields can't take care of the ball or if you value Caleb Williams higher than Justin Fields from a talent then you're probably drafting one of those guys because you think that you can't get over the hump with Justin Fields, and then with a rookie, you buy yourself two years. And then you you bank on that second year getting over the hump. If second year you get fired, fine, but you bought yourself an extra year, another year of salary, you tried. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's 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 ridiculous. It's honestly, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Now, I'm not eliminating the possibility of Caleb Williams coming in and making this team better. Like we, that is all just sure. as much of a possibility as it is that he comes in and it isn't as good. There's a possibility that he comes in and is great if they do that. There, there's 100 that possibility. We talk about the anomalies with CJ Stroud and some yeah. of the other quarterbacks in recent history, and yes, it does happen, and it can happen with the right situation, right? But when you look at the team. And let's talk, like, we're again, we're talking about the team. And when we talk about the team, the team is better the way they're currently constructed. They're better. They're ready to win. And if you were to add this, Jake, you add the fifth most cap space in the NFL. I actually don't know what it is. I have to check what exactly their cap space is. We're going to have to talk about that number all offseason. Probably shouldn't know it. If you were to add all these additions in the offseason, make the team better, fire Luke Getze, and then trade the first overall pick for three first-round picks who instantly, one or two of them in this year, will make your team better, and then one next year or maybe the year after, right? 
Like, talk about the team. You have a chance to make the team better significantly by doing something something particular with the number one overall pick. And I just don't I don't like how we've totally neglected that mindset and we've talked about it so individualistically as if Justin Fields isn't a player in a role and a contribution to this team growing. So it's not just a plug and play. That, that's, not, that's not how things work. It's really sure. how things work. You grow as a team. You grow and you, 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 you grow and you fall off as a team, right? That, that's, just, that's how the NFL, that's how sports work, right? You can't just assume that you grow and then input someone else and continue to grow at the same rate. Like th- that's, that's not necessarily how things work. So I just don't, again, it, like back and forth all day, we could do this. We're going to do this for five months. I'm sorry. We've done it for 20 minutes on this episode, but it's just, it's just, it's just frustrate that it frustrates the hell out of me that there's just this assumption that Ryan Poles has job security. Like Jake, God forbid, like you're talking about nine and eight. God forbid they're worse next year. Like God yeah. forbid Caleb Williams is Johnny Manziel. God forbid it's a terrible evaluation. He crumbles. and uh, Like you don't know if that were to happen, Ryan Poles is fired into the sun. And guess what? He's never getting a job ever again because if he had Washington in his ear saying three first round picks or he had, say he had Las Vegas in his ear saying three first round picks and Max Crosby. And he said, nah, I'm going to take Caleb Williams. And Caleb fails his first year, fired. You're never seeing a job in the NFL again, buddy, if you make that mistake. So, mm. like, he has – it's it's a tough decision for him. And it's almost, like, it's almost just the safer route to keep Justin Fields. And I, I don't know. Again, we don't know what will happen. And I want people to understand this, too. Because I had a tweet go viral about – I compared Justin Fields to Lamar Jackson. Their stats did you this go year. viral? I once about – I, I did. I had like 500,000 or 500. Yeah. 500,000 uh, views on the tweet or whatever. 3000 likes. I made people real mad on Christmas night. Uh, even though I wasn't really stating opinion, I was just comparing stats. Um, but I compared Justin Fields' stats to Lamar Jackson's in the 2023 season. I said, all right, one's about to win the MVP or not the 2023 season. Sorry. Their last 17 games because you can't Justin Fields miss, you know, five games this year. Um, I said, One's about to win the MVP. The other one's questionable about the future of the franchise. Justin Fields has five more touchdowns this year. He's only got 250 less yards. Uh, he's got four more giveaways. But if you take away the two interceptions <laughs> in, the, sure. in the Browns game, the, you know he's only got two more giveaways. And then he's got a 10-point less passer rating, which is actually pretty significant. 10 points a lot uh, in passer rating. But he, I think he has 84.7. Lamar has like 94.2. Um, but I said the margin between Justin Fields and the best quarterback in the NFL right now is not significant enough to move on from. And when you watch Lamar, and people go, oh, I test, I test, I test stats, blah, 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 blah. you know, you nerd, stop, stop looking at analytics, watch the eye test. Okay, the eye test reaffirms my point. You can easily watch Lamar Jackson on a nightly basis and say, oh yeah, Justin Fields can be that. Justin Fields has a stronger arm. Justin Fields is faster than Lamar Jackson. You know, he, he, he clocks in faster than him on next-gen stats. Like, when I watch Lamar Jackson, I'm like, Oh yeah, Justin Fields can be that. It's not like you watch Lamar and think, "Oh, Justin Fields cannot be that." What are we doing? But nonetheless, what I was trying to say was, like, if the Bears draft Caleb Williams, I'm all in on Caleb Williams. Like, I'm not gonna have a vendetta against Caleb Williams. I'm gonna want Justin to succeed wherever he's at, unless he's within the division. But I'm going to root like hell for Caleb Williams. I think people like people look at people who defend Justin Fields and think. Oh, if they draft a quarterback, they're going to be miserable fans. No, that's not the case. I just think what's best for the team financially, what's best for the team overall, what's best for the team in general is Tavares winning now 
is keeping Justin Fields. And I almost think it's indisputable at this point. Indisputable is the wrong word. At what point do we have to stop using the last 17 games metric? Because until he plays 17 games healthy. I mean, what, what, what do you mean? Until he plays a full season healthy. I that, don't that's know. the metric you have to like, use because if you if you were aggregating like, stats, that's what you have to use. It's just like for me, it's like we're in we're about to be in week 16 here. And it's just it feels dumb, I guess, for lack of a better term. To to How many games pick, has he played this year. But I mean he's played what, 13? Mm-hmm. Out of fifteen, get like you missed two games, so you you take four no, he, from like last 13, year. He's played like ten games this year. He missed five games. Was it really five? He missed five games this year. Remember, he was supposed to go on IR. He didn't go on IR. He's played one, really two, five? three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's played eleven games this year. Yes, you remember? He missed five. He missed a whole month and a half. Not a month and a half. He missed a month. Not and a feel week. like that long. So that's why you have to take seventeen games. He's I only played guess. eleven this year. So you, if you were to if you were to take total stats, obviously you can't compare them. I guess it just feels like moving the goalposts, kind of when you use that. I don't know. I've always had a problem with that. That's pro- that's probably just a personal thing. Nobody cares about this. Um, I'm no. I mean, I I get it. I mean, we're gonna talk about it for the next five months, like you said, four months, whatever. It's just very convoluted, and I don't know. But the important part to remember, and this goes for everybody is that no matter what the Bears do, whether they keep Justin Fields, whether they draft Caleb Williams, the important thing for all of us collectively to remember is that it's the Bears, and they're going to screw it up regardless. So can't wait to uh, win six games next year, regardless of what happens. It's going to be really fun. I hope everybody's ready for that. I'm already prepared for them to screw it up, and I I indulge everybody to uh, join me. And that because uh, misery is what the Bears do, and they screw it up regardless of what they do. Well, the way they could screw it up is, I think, I think they're going to keep Beaverflus. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to keep Beaverflus, but I think they're going to fire Luke Getzey. I think, I think that will happen. Yeah, if they're going to they're going to bring in new assistants and they're going to keep Eberflus because of uh, the locker room gravitas or whatever. Uh, that which like isn't there. the worst thing in the world. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. Obviously, like I don't know. You if have to nail the assistants. You have to nail the assistants. Whether you know, I think that's a really good example of that. Sure, go ahead. The 2022 Philadelphia Eagles, right? Like, seems sure. like a really good example of maybe the assistants being both better coaches than the head yeah. coach and having a significant impact. On the but team. then the problem becomes, okay, if that happens to you and you lose both your assistants, you really trust this guy to nail it again a second time? Point. That's and that will happen. Like, like if, if, like, pick your pick your guy. Well, also, like, I do not want to rule out the possibility of this. If the Washington Commanders fire... Ron Rivera mm-hmm. and choose not to elevate Eric Bieniemy to head coach and say, "Hey, we're going to draft the quarterback. We're going to do the clean slate thing. We just got a new owner. We're going to do that whole thing." And Eric Bieniemy doesn't get head coach interest throughout the league like he hasn't for four years, but wants to upgrade at a place at offensive coordinator. Why not the Bears? It makes way too much sense. We know he likes Justin Fields. He has uh, experience and history with Ryan Poles. That I think would be would be the best option if you were to go the keep Eberflus upgraded offensive coordinator route. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Isn't there a chance, though, that if you're keeping fields that you traded the number one overall pick to Washington and that maybe they have a rookie quarterback that Bienemy would be like, okay, I can make this guy my guy. I have success yeah, with this guy, and then I can get a head coach point. job. They would have to decide coaching decisions in the first month before they draft Right, but I mean, even like, if he stays as offensive coordinator. Like, whoever gets brought in, he sticks around as the offensive coordinator, and they say, hey, we, we're going to draft this guy, and we want you to be able to mold him. I, th- I think that's a, a possibility. I also I don't know if yeah. I want Bienemy anymore. There, There's a reason this guy can't get head coaching jobs. There's a re like... I don't know. It's Sam Howell. Like, yeah, he put up big stat lines, but he's getting benched for a reason. I don't know if I don't know if Eric Bieniemy is as attractive of a candidate for any coaching position as he was two years ago. And I mean, and you could look and say, "Well, look at what happened to Mahomes after Bieniemy left." Sure, I'll hear that argument. I just there's something about in the NFL why guys don't get these shots, and whether that's right or wrong, it's not up to me to say. But for a guy that's been interviewing for head coaching jobs for four years and had to go to Washington to be an offensive coordinator. I don't know. Something feels weird about that to me. I could be wrong. I could be the idiot, but I, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to be banging the table for Eric Bieniemy, you know, and as T3 put in the podcast or uh, in the chat, Paul's already passed on him once. Don't know That's why he would go back true. to him again. Well, and also well, true. I mean, he wasn't because, part of the top three. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Again, we have to remember that Ryan Poles didn't get to do a full search. Uh, but also, you know, could have hired him as often coordinator. I don't know. Whatever. This is getting way too in the weeds. Uh, let's talk about the game that's going to happen this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons. The Bears are favored once again. They're three-point favorites against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I think if you don't win this game, I mean, you should win this game easier than you won last week's game against the Cardinals. No, the Falcons. The Falcons are so bad. Arthur They're Smith so and Taylor Heineke. I would Arthur Smith and Taylor Heineke are not better than Jonathan Gannon and Kyler Murray. Sorry. Yeah, but the rest of the team is actually really good. <laughs> like, are they like though? The rest, Jake, yes. Like, like with yes. those two bozos, I don't know. They have one of the best offensive players in the NFL that they don't use Bichon correctly. Robinson. Yeah, they started to use him a little bit last week. He had fifty. Re- Great, 50 we've seen that. Be- we've seen that before, though. We've seen Arthur Smith use Bijan for one game, and then for four games he disappears. We've seen that multiple times this year. It's true. Hasn't used Kyle Pitts or Drake London yet either. Still. Same thing with those guys. They'll have one big game and then they disappear for five games. They get sent True. to Guantanamo. Arthur Smith is a moron. Like, I, I'm not yeah. the biggest Matt Eberflus fan, but he's better than Arthur Smith. Yes. Like, that guy stinks, baby. I think at home, you win. the Falcons are a different team on the road. 
They lost to the Panthers on the road two weeks ago. I think they're also a different team with Taylor Heineke. But yes, they are a different team on the road. The thing that you're dealing with the, the Atlanta Falcons is they're going to keep it. In, they're going to maybe likely will keep you in the game because they have a really good defense. Let me read the defensive statistics for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I don't think people realize this about them. I think they look at them and they always make this, you know, the, the label for the Atlanta Falcons is, oh, crap ton of talent and no way to use them. And that's the case with Kyle Pitts and, and B. John Robinson and Drake London and, you know, all those guys on offense. But defensively, they're good. Sixth in opponent points per game. Ninth in opponent yards per game. First, first in the NFL in opponent red zone scoring percentage. Second in the NFL in opponent TDs per game. Third in the NFL in opponent third down conversion percentage. Ninth in the NFL in opponent fourth down conversion percentage. Like, this is a team that is good defensively. The Bears will not blow out the Atlanta Falcons. I just, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. And it I don't seems think you like have to blow have... them out, but this should be a game you win like easier than you won against the Cardinals. Like there shouldn't even be the the thought of a comeback. Like with the Cardinals game at the end, you thought, okay, they might blow this. Like that shouldn't even be a thought here. And it's the Bears, so they'll probably just lose now. But yeah. it's like the Falcons are bad. I rate the Falcons worse than the Cardinals right now. Wow. Okay. Just because their I mean, offense, I, I... like their offense, is that bad. <laughs> Their offense scored 29 points last week. Like, like their offense yeah, is bad. But, but, that, but that's my point. But, like, okay, they show these glimpses of being able to use these guys. Like, we've seen this already this year with the Falcons. Like, they do this, yeah. and then Arthur Smith completely, like, he tries to prove something. that, like, oh, well, we won this way last week, so now let me do it this way and prove what a genius I am. Let me run Tyler Algier 47 times this week. Like that, oh, yeah. the guy's a weirdo. Like it, like he doesn't do things in a linear fashion. It does not make sense. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. I do agree with that. I do think to an extent Taylor Heineke like ignites them and is like, oh, yeah, it's like fresh blood. But like, yeah, he's better. There than was Durban a significant. Ritter. He did that the first game that he came in for them for Ritter earlier in the year, and then he fell off the second game. And it's like the same trend we've seen with backup quarterbacks, except sure. for Joe Flacco. <laughs> I was so wrong about Joe Flacco uh, the come entire year, where guys come in and they kind of fall off. Um, you know, it, it just happens so much. But the way that fa- it favors the Bears is. The Atlanta Falcons are second in the NFL in rush play percentage. If they don't get the run game going, they're dead. And they're playing a team that's third in the NFL in rushing defense, right? And, and the Bears are just incredible right now against the run. Gerbon Dexter has been a revelation. We know how good Andrew Billings is. Obviously, deserve the contract extension. So if the Falcons' game plan is, hey, we're going to run all over you with whether it is Bijan Robinson or Tyler Algier, and we're going to limit the amount of passes uh, that Taylor Heineke's going to make, you're probably not going to do so well against the Chicago Bears because this is just what the Bears do. This is how you, they take you out of the game as of late defensively is they're going to stuff the run. They're going to make you try to expose them in the air. But guess what? They also have a really good secondary that's like top three in the NFL in interceptions. So Taylor Heineke is probably going to throw the ball away a couple times this game. Kyler Gordon's playing like an absolute dog right now, Pro Bowl player who's going to – Jalen Johnson's going to lock down Drake London. Kyler Gordon's going to be all over, whether it's, you know, Kyle Pitts or <clears> – <throat> excuse me, or Bijan Robinson out of the backfield as receiver. Like, I think they're going to be able to neutralize the weapons of the Atlanta Falcons, but it does feel more of like this could be a – 2017, 2114, like something kind of close, like another game where it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Who's going to make less mistakes at that time? How big is your lead at that time? Do you have the margin of error at that point to make mistakes? So I, I look, the Atlanta Falcons aren't a team I'm just going to look by. Like, I'm not just going to look past them and be like, oh, this should be a win. 
Like they can upset you, but they also can get blown out. Like like it both things are in play with the team as ambiguous and the team that's sort of an enigma on a week to week basis, like the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, this might just be a defensive slugfest, like where it's just a gross game that's like, I mean, like the Falcons game a couple weeks ago, where it's just like nine to seven and it's just disgusting and you hate every second of it. I think that, though, like you say, the Falcons defense is actually decent. Like another test for Justin Fields. I mean, it's at home. It's going to be, I mean, what's even weather? What are we looking at here? Yeah, I saw that. I just looked it up 34 degrees and cloudy. So we're not expecting rain, but I was thinking about going. I was thinking about heading over to Soldier Field just because, you know, I'm, I mean, New Year's Eve, I'm not really doing anything to like 10 p.m., but could be the last time to watch Justin Fields at Soldier Field. I've only seen him once. Uh, so I think it'd be fun if it was the, his last time playing at Soldier Field to, to, to be at that game. Um, we'll see if I actually make it down there uh, on a 34 degree day by the lakefront. But yeah. uh, I think it would be interesting. More power to you to go see, you know, two bad teams. And, and the Bears two. are bad. The oh. Bears are not bad. Like, you okay, can't let me put it this way: a, a game, a game right that now. means nothing. A game that means nothing. It doesn't mean any. It, it honestly doesn't mean nothing for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, they they still have a path to yeah, win yes. the NFC South. Disgusting. I mean, there's a path for them. And Jake, I don't know what you're talking about. Nothing. This less than one percent chance the Bears have is very much a play. Hey, look, if the Bears can lose three games, have a point zero zero three percent chance to lose the three games they lost to to Detroit, to, to Cleveland, and uh, to Denver then there is a chance that they can make the yoffs. I'm starting the club eight and nine. We're getting in. We're upsetting the Eagles in round one. Revenge for 2019 or 2018. The game was played in the year 2019. It's happening. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, Jake. It's happening. Bears yoffs. Lock it in. Place the bet. I don't care. Place it. We're getting Somet- in. Sometimes it's really hard to believe that you're a real person that like exists and and goes around like in, in society. It's it's yeah. really hard to believe. Because I the thing is, I know you're not doing a you're bit. You're the believe one this. to be talking. You believe you're the this. one what? to be talking. What? What? Who is your top Spotify artist? Was like a, a composer from some yeah. weird ass TV show. I lo- it was Game of Thrones. First, and of I'm all. and I'm the weird. Oh, it, oh, Game of Thrones. Okay, not as weird, but yeah. still, I'm the I, weird one. For I like my movie soundtracks to start my day. I don't like. I, this dude is doing like 30 reps on the bench just listening to like that's not, Game of no, Thrones. No, I'm, I'm working. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's definitely not when I'm walking to work is when I'm listening to that. And the app That's crack even weirder. Dude's just sitting on the train. Everyone's like, oh, he's probably listening to Drake and he's listening no. to fucking, what's his name? Gustafo something? Yep, like, you know like, Yep, good job. Like this guy is a specimen. I am a specimen. specimen. That's correct. Anyway, Scottsy from Iowa is with me. Bears are bears are getting in. (laughs) Anyway, uh, what are your bold predictions for this game then? Other than you might be there. Justin Fields, seven touchdowns. Bears win. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I think the Bears find the end zone again in this game. Like we know Taylor Heineke prone to making mistakes. He's probably like the thing about Taylor Heineke you have to understand is you you just said you think the Bears find the end zone. You left out a word there. Okay, the, yeah. Well, I, yeah, the Bears scored a touchdown in the game. That's a bold prediction. Yeah. The Bears' defense finds the end zone again. Taylor Heineke is a player who obviously has no path to being a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore. It's just that, like, that, that is just out of the realm of possibility, but he does have the path to be 
a good backup and still yeah. be a guy who is making consistent money. I'm not sure what his contract is like in Atlanta, but he's he's got something to prove. So he's going to go out there, and he ain't just going to dump it down to Bijan all game. Wins don't help him. He's going to try to make a big play. He's going to try to put up one of those backup stat lines that make everyone think that he can still play again. And he's going to try to throw the ball down the field on a Bears defense that's really good. He's going to try to fit the ball into a couple windows that aren't open, and that's going to get closed off by Jalen Johnson. So I think there's going to be a pick six in the game and I think it's going to be Jalen Johnson one more time this year to put a stamp on his 2023 season, to make him an All-Pro, and to say, look, man, MFR, pay me. All right? So I think that's what we're going to, what, what's going to happen in this game. Jalen Johnson has been near the ball a ton this year. He's been by the football. He's had a ton of potential to take multiple you know, picks of the end zone, and it hasn't fallen his way. Multiple times, he does have one interception, but I think he gets another one in week 16, and he's going to walk into that MF in office after the game and say, blank check, pay me. So that's what I'm going with, bold prediction defensively. Uh, I am going to also, I'm going to keep running it back because it feels like we're right there. Montez Sweat touchdown. It just, it feels like he's right there. Every you picked single, this like five weeks. No, no, no. I think this is three weeks in a row. But I like, I just, I, I eventually I'm going to be right because he keeps ha- like his hands are always on the ball in some way. Like he had the swatted pass this week against the Cardinals. Like he's always touching or around the ball. It feels like we're like this close and somebody in Tara Heineke that is prone to giving the football away in an offensive line. That's not that great in Atlanta. uh, It's if it doesn't happen this week, I'll move on to something else, but I'm going to run it back for a third week in a row. One more time, Montez sweat defensive touchdown. And now he's just going to like catch a touchdown. It's going to be very stupid, but anyway, that will be mine. Yeah. He's going to catch it. I put him in on offense. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if there's any time to do it, like let's get weird. Yeah, just right? try like, shit. Like, why not Throw get shit weird? Let's, let's do let's do a Gervon Dexter direct snap or something. Like, like I think they said last week in the in the pregame show, Maddie Russell was like, "Yeah, we we got some things cooked up this week." I what did they cook up? A Roshan Johnson direct snap in the one score game in the fourth quarter. Well, like, I, mean, I would hope I, that Cole Komet and DJ Moore getting hurt probably changed things. That is true. And that's actually such a, like, when you said that in the beginning of the episode, I didn't even think about that when it came to the evaluation of Justin Fields. And, like, I don't want to, like, do this again and make excuses. But, like, you take those two guys out of the offense. Top two guys. There's nobody. And you yeah. can tell that DJ was not right that entire right. game. Yeah. He, 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 was, he was a decoy. And I was pissed because I had a parlay, a ton of guys to get 70-plus yards. Guess who the only one to not get 70-plus yards was? DJ, DJ Moore. Moore. So it wasn't a Christmas Eve miracle for me. But do you have anything on the offensive side of the ball for a uh, bold prediction? It just feels like we can't even be bold anymore. It's just like, just play a clean game. Like, just just, just put the ball in Justin Fields' hands and let him try to prove that he can be the quarterback going forward. I know, you know Prove to the coaches in the front office. I know some of us here are already convinced, but... You know, I digress. Uh, so I don't really, I don't have an offensive bold prediction. It's it's so hard to get bold with any of this, especially if Komet and Moore end up being limited or missing the game. Why don't people, real quick? Why don't people like the throwback uniforms? I like, I like the them. throwback. I think they're uniforms. fine. People are, like, oh, I don't like them. I like them, and I mm-hmm. I think the Bears need to get more creative with some of their uniform, Agree. you know, styles this Choices, year. Yep. I mean, or next year. <clears throat> Excuse me. The fact that we have not seen. 
the polar bear all white Chicago bear yeah, uniform. Those are cool. You have a name for it. I can make a graphic tomorrow for it. The polar bears. It's a, a winter in Chicago. Here come the all whites. It is makes it? no sense. It would be is it winter? beautiful. Is it? Uh, yeah, it feels like spring, 50 degrees on, uh, on Christmas, which, so. which is incredible. But 34 on the, of course, doesn't have to be 50 degrees when I'm going to go to the game. Prediction, score, lock it in for the second to last time this year. Send us off with some good vibes, Jake. The last the last show of 2023 is, is that is that factual? It yes, is. it is. Uh I will I do think the Bears win this game. They should win it handily, especially if we're both predicting defensive touchdowns. I think that the Bears should take care of business here. I'm going to say that they win this game 28 to 10. Oh my god. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I don't think the Bears will score 28 points in the game. I said Atlanta's the number one team in the NFL and opponent red zone scoring percentage, so I think the Bears will kick a decent amount of field goals for, or by, rather, their kicker, who signed a contract extension. Even talk about that. You know, applause. It, it, we should have a sound effect in here for applause. But, I mean, well-deserved for Kyra Santos. A very reliable, manageable uh, contract for the Chicago Bears. And he said he took less money because he wanted to be here and he was just happy to be in Chicago. Like, what a great guy. Kyra Sanders is just, like, a great dude. Love that for him. Anyway, I think the Bears kick a lot of field goals. I think they win the game 23 to – wait, that was a score last week. I can't do that. 23 to 14. 23 to 14 Bears win. So I know I talked about the Atlanta Falcons being decent and, 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 you know – being a good team defensively, but if I'm picking a pick six to happen, that would mean the offense only scores another only scores one touchdown, which I think is honestly possible with uh, the way this Falcons defense has been playing. So 23 to 14 with one of those touchdowns for the Bears coming defensively. One last thing, Jake, before we head out, um, like these last two games, and I know we kind of talked about this in the beginning, but if I were to tell you at the end, say they win the last two. Say they end second in the NFC North, which is much in the very much in the realm of possibility with the Vikings playing another one against the Lions and with Nick Mullen starting and with the Packers playing Chicago the last week, which you know would decide potentially the order, pecking order in the division. Now it wouldn't be good because the Bears would play a much harder schedule in 2024 because they play uh the opponents who are ranked second in the division versus fourth in the division. But if I told you at the start of the year, I told you at the start of the year, I said, Hey, I found the script for the 2023 NFL season. Here's what it says for the Chicago Bears. They went eight and nine. They were second in the in the NFC North to the Detroit Lions, which we kind of expected. They had three huge blown leads that statistically weren't possible that they could have won. The defense was really, really good. They lost fields for five games and they still went eight and nine. What would you think of that if I told you that at the start of the year? Like if we told you that in our opening episode the week before the NFL started and I said, hey, this is what's going to happen. And I gave you your honest reaction. What would you say? Pretty successful. I mean, I was on this show. I mean, our season preview, I think I predicted exactly eight, nines, or maybe even seven and 10. So, I mean, I'm on track to be correct. <laughs> so, uh, it, for what I think, I, I think I said eight, nine, I might have said seven and 10. I believe you said eight, nine. So, I mean, it's a success. You go for that's a five win improvement. Like, that's a success. I still don't know that that confirms Justin Fields is back. But it definitely helps his case for sure. And I think you still draft a quarterback regardless, whether it's number one overall or in the third round. I think you're drafting a quarterback regardless. I think we're aligned on that at the very least. So, yeah, I mean, it's a five-win improvement. You're probably changing. I mean, you need a new defensive coordinator, obviously. Probably changing the offensive coordinator and 
like you said, you're probably hoping, thinking that you can get to the playoffs next year. Exactly. And you should, uh, you should be thinking that. So, uh, it's just interesting. It's just interesting because, like, we wouldn't it, think. It is, it is interesting that you've doubled your win total from last year. You won three games last more. year. You've already won six. You're pro- You're going to more than double it. And it feels like a season where you've won three, four games. It's it's very interesting that way. And in a season yeah, where it, the backup started five games, four games. It's interesting. Yeah. It's just, again, it's because the expectation, I mean, the expectations are always high for this franchise. Like, we know that. We know that at, when you're a charter franchise in the NFL and you're your Chicago Bears. But just with the way this team has played, you have come to the realization that this could have been a team that could have reached its ceiling like I predicted, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and now I don't feel so bad about predicting the Bears to win 11 games or or what I think my final was 10 or maybe yeah. 11. Like, I don't feel so bad about that because you know that the team had the potential to do it. So I don't know, just a significant realization. I still think it's like the difference between if they lose the next two games, six and uh, 11 and eight and nine is, is like, that is different because sure. if I told you at the start of the year, Hey, I found the script and the Bears went six and 11 and all these things happened, you'd be like, yeah, okay. That that's not good. So there's still, but I would have believed games it as it pertains. You would say what you would have believed it. I, I would, oh, I I would have been yeah. like, yeah, like I, I see how that happens. Yeah. But definitely maybe not in this so. way, but <laughs> all right. All right. Should I go or not? Should I go? Should I go to the game? What do you think? In the chat, people locking in. Should I go to the Bears game on Sunday? Potentially last time to see Justin Fields in Bears uniform at Soldier Field. Should I go do that or should I not? 34 degrees by the lakefront. It's going to be cold. I'll layer up. I've been to colder games. Um, it is New Year's Eve. I'm going to get probably, uh, I'm going to probably drink some beverages not of the or of the alcoholic variety yeah. in the am evening am i seeing you that night um, i don't know am i <laughs> i don't know are you i don't know we'll see i don't know what you're doing on new year's eve but wow this know. guy doesn't I, pay attention to the kickball group chat you hate to see it um all right oh that i did see that uh, so, probably not oh wow boo all right well i i wouldn't but if you want to see justin fields potentially for the last time at soldier field in in his Bears tenure, at least, uh, then sure, go for it. I don't know. Do, do whatever you want. Do whatever uh, makes you happy. Um, if you think you're going like to have fun. Cares. I mean, they're probably, we both think they're going to win, and you love Justin Fields, and you're a huge Bears fan. If you think you're going to have a good time, why not? I don't know. Screw it. The tickets probably are not going to be that expensive. So No, they're not. $44. But, I mean, even Bears if you wait fans. till the last second, I bet you that goes down to 30 Like, Like, honestly, if you wait till Sunday morning, Bet you it goes down even more. So sure, do it. Just do it. Who cares? What do you have to lose? It's Sunday morning, and I, I assume you're not working Monday either. So, all right. No. Well, we will see you next week. For myself, for Kevin, we'll be back to hopefully recap a Bears win. We'll see how that goes. But maybe Kevin can give us some stories from Soldier Field. Until then, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. For myself, for Kevin, we'll see you next week. And as always, bear down.